...was in Ceylon, and often referred to happy times spent in the company of your mother. An ambiguous legacy, wouldn't you say? I keep the painting in a cabinet, along with Sir Alban's other gift, a silver egg cup presented on the occasion of my christening. Now and then I set these objects before me and study them. An egg, a mistress, a bastard son. Their message seems unequivocal but the testimony of signs is unreliable. Within minutes I have reasoned that an egg cup is a wholly conventional gift on the part of a godparent, and that the Honourable Thomas's daub points only to the ill-judged sentimentality of a nonagenarian. The argument prevails for a brief interval, then doubt creeps in again. These sessions always end the same way. I cross to my mirror where reassurance waits in the solid evidence of my flesh. If you wish to ascertain a man's lineage, read his face, not his birth certificate. My skin is as dark as my father's, our branch of the Obesecaries being famously black. Like Pater, I am of average height and inclined to portliness in age. We share a high forehead, thick springing hair, a curved nose, and assertive ears. We are not handsome men, but we have presence." whereas Sir Alban, as he appears in my parents' photograph album, is tall and hollow-chested, with pointed features and an entirely unconvincing moustache. He clasps his left wrist in his right hand, holding himself together. By now it will be apparent that my pen is not constrained by decorum. I have always set great store by the truth, a virtue not usually prized in my profession but it was my ability to see accurately and to speak the truth without concern for convention or fear of reprisal that made my name in a different sense. The very notoriety of the Hamilton case has seen it shrouded in the fog of rumour, conjecture and misinformation that passes for analysis in the drawing-rooms of this country. In these pages I intend to set down the facts of the matter at last. A REMEMBRANCE OF THINGS PAST My grandfather, Sir Stanley Obesekra, was a mudalia, an office that placed a man at the pinnacle of our island social system. A mudalia was a leader of men, with considerable influence in his ancestral district. By tradition he was a gifted soldier and a skilled diplomat, abilities he placed at the service of his sovereign. With the advent of the Europeans, however, the role of the Mudalia evolved. The Candian kingdom remained unconquered in the hills until 1815, but as the Portuguese, Dutch, and finally the British occupied larger and larger areas of the maritime provinces, it was for their administrative talents above all that my ancestors came to be valued by the colonial powers. Their education, the respect they commanded among their countrymen, and their knowledge of the island's customs meant they were ideally suited to assist in the colonial administration, as record-keepers, as intermediaries and interpreters, as presidents of the courts that dealt with native disputes concerning land, contracts and debts. The Europeans rewarded loyalty with land. Whole villages were given in gift to the Mudalias, vast tracts of jungle, tax-free estates, Pater's inheritance included landholdings throughout the southern provinces, four properties in Colombo, six or seven outstation bungalows, a cottage in the hills, 
a tea plantation, and a plumbago mine, as well as Lokugama, our country seat, where my childhood unravelled in splendid isolation. I have no doubt that my ancestors were vigorous men. One of my lasting regrets is that I never knew my grandfather, who was by all accounts a wise and able administrator. I have by me a copy of the confidential memorandum from Government House recommending his knighthood. It notes that my grandfather possessed a most complete and accurate knowledge of the practice and procedure of the island, and describes him as a man of the highest character, honourable, high-principled, and unswervingly loyal. Alas, Sir Stanley met with disaster at the age of thirty-four. He was boating on the lake in Candy one afternoon when he noticed that a party of English girls who had ventured out without a boatman in the spirited way of...